Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fireside Chat. That's Mr. Tubbs. Otto has gone to the next world. By the way, talking about Otto, you hear Mr. Tubbs? Jacob, we're picking him up. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. I know. It's like back. I find, uh, uh, I can't say for every dog, some are too loud, but English bulldog snoring, I find very calming. Okay. I don't think you want to hear me talk about English bulldog snoring for a length of time, and I won't. I do want to thank, I really am the recipient of very many gifts, and they're very touching. So one is a beautiful sketch done, really beautiful, of Otto. And thank you. That, that was a beautiful gift, and we're putting it up, obviously. Yeah. And another beautiful gift was a bulldog in a glass, a glass in glass, which I always love in any event. So let's see if you can, let's see, zoom in on this. Is it seeable? Okay, yeah, this is really gorgeous. Or he can, he can get a shot of it. This really looks like Otto. I, I, I can't believe, maybe it was really uh, made from a picture. I, I don't know. Or, or It's hard to think they have a bulldog glass. I wonder, I, I, the, I, the process, a, it, I think they do use a photo. Yeah, th that, that's really stunning. I love glass and glass. It okay, like thank you. Chat shot. Be that as it may, welcome indeed to this fireside chat and it looks like mr tubbs who is the successor to otto and thus far i think it's working out that's the way life works isn't it there's an old ancient hebrew saying should i say it in hebrew yes yeah dor ba vidor holech a generation comes and a generation goes, the od haolam omed, and still the world stands. <laughs> I think about that so often, and that that is the way it works. As I said, when Otto died, the moment you get a pet, unless it's literally your last pet, and you leave the world before the pet does which is usually not the case, you have set yourself up for sadness. But that's the story of life. That's the great lesson that people need to learn. If you want joy, you must be prepared for pain. If you want to lead a painless life, you will not have a joyful life or a meaningful life or anything good. Pain is not to be avoided. Unhappiness you should try to avoid. But pain and unhappiness are not the same thing at all. I got a lot of pain during my workouts. They don't make me unhappy. They, in fact, make me happy. There's pain in raising children. But ultimately, well, at least in my case, I know not everybody can say it. It has brought me a great deal of happiness. But you're not guaranteed it. You are guaranteed, however very little serious happiness if you do try to avoid pain. And it's even on little things. It's very interesting. 
on my cruises, I have been taking cruises for 25 years with listeners to my radio show, 25 years. I've gone to all seven continents with, with listeners and they're, they're magnificent cruises. Go to DennisPrager.com for information on the next one. They all sell out, so it's worth booking early. But it's very interesting. I noticed a very interesting pattern, which, Megan, you will find of interest being a woman. A fair number. Now, what does fair number mean? I would say that out of 150 or so people who come, about 15, maybe 20, are women alone. So you would think they're, they're single women. That's what I thought. But it turns out a lot of them are married. And so I'd say, why didn't your husband come? He, 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 he's, he's a homebody. He, he, he doesn't like the, the, you know, the nuisance of travel, of packing, and so on. And I, I, I'm not knocking these men at all. They may be terrific men and terrific husbands, nor are the women knocking them. But that's a great example on a much lower level than marriage and, and children, but a great example of it's a pain to travel, so I won't. But a life lived like that isn't rich. <laughs> I know it's a pain to travel. I don't like packing any more than you do. <laughs> I don't like traipsing through the airport security either. <laughs> but the gain in travel, it, it is one of the highlights of my life that I've gone to so many countries. I am proud of it, but far more than that, it is just a life filled with memories. You realize what has happened thanks to the travel? This was my goal, by the way, in high school. I knew I wanted to go to ho hopefully every country in every state. I've been to every state. By the way, I've spoken in 48. I've been to 50, but I've spoken in 48. You know which two I haven't spoken in? Everybody says Alaska, Hawaii. I've, been, I've spoken in both of them many times. The two Dakotas. So if any of you are listening in North or South Dakota, invite me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, I, I had this dream. This is an interesting thing you've, you've never heard me say. This is what I, I thought about when I thought about wanting to go to every country. I, I never wanted to hear the name of a country and have no idea what it's really like. And that, that was my goal. So that if I hear in the news, Zimbabwe, oh yeah, I remember Zimbabwe, which, which I do, incidentally. It's no comparison, as any of you who've traveled anywhere know, if you've been to a place and you hear the place, it's very different than if you have never been there. So it's just another example of, so if there's pain involved, so what? This notion of avoiding pain. I, I have a, a, an interesting, what? You did talk a lot about it already with, with Otto. Otto. Oh, I know that. Okay. But yeah, but I'm, a, I, I always say it in a different way. And 
even that is worthy of a topic, by the way, repetition, because you know my motto, repetition is the mother of pedagogy. Repetition is the mother of learning. I, who, and I'm very, very committed to learning new things, but I, I, I need to hear things more than once. Everybody does. Everybody does. I, I, so it, it's, I'm, I'm more at peace with uh, an occasional repetition if it happens. But I, I don't know if I use this line with when, when Otto died, but uh, in talking about pain, I don't want on my tombstone, no one should want their epitaph, not epithet. <laughs> I'm reminding my wife, we caught an error on a PragerU video. The man meant epitaph, and he said epithet. Anyway, it is what it is. we had that in the script. Oh, it's not his fault. Yes, I, I agree. I didn't blame him. I blame us. Anyway, you don't want, uh, here lies so-and-so, she avoided as much pain as possible. What kind of life is that? Uh, anyway, that that's a, a very big one. Here's another thought on this whole subject. I know I've mentioned it, but not, not in, with regard to Otto. What I just told you about not avoiding pain and how important that is to a happier and richer life, that's called wisdom. I'm not praising me. I'm explaining what wisdom is. So here is my 64,000 euro question. Where do you learn wisdom today as a young person, even as an old person? But we'll just take young people. Do you learn wisdom in elementary school, in high school, in college? And the answer is no. At best, you learn facts. At worst, you're just indoctrinated into very, very bad things. But in any event, not wisdom. But universities were set up when they were founded, when Harvard and Yale and the others were founded. They were founded to teach wisdom. Of course, they, they taught math and they taught history, but they, it, their, their goal was wisdom. What is, the, what is the motto of Harvard? Veritas, truth. Truth and wisdom are completely linked. Here is truth. What do we learn from it? He, so here is, here is the best. This is another proof that you don't get wisdom at an American college and probably a European college. But especially, I'll just talk about the country I know best, America, where you are not given any longer the best of what existed before us. You can get a degree in English at the University of California, at UCLA, University of California, Los Angeles. You can get a degree in English and not have taken a course in Shakespeare. Shakespeare is the greatest writer of English who ever lived, arguably the greatest writer who ever lived. And you, and you can get a degree in English. In the University of Pennsylvania, they took down the English department. It's an Ivy League college. Took down the, the, the big poster of Shakespeare because he was white 
and European and male. So now they have a non-white, non-European, non-male, and gay. That's some poet that from the Caribbean. Does anybody, anybody contend that she has written English as well as Shakespeare? It's no insult to her to say, of course not. That's proof that wisdom is not important. The whole purpose of reading Shakespeare is not just to read excellence, it's to gain the wisdom from Macbeth and Hamlet and, and King Lear. There's wisdom there. There's teaching about life. The appeal of this, uh, of this fireside chat is that I talk about wisdom, insights about life that will make your life richer. Where do you get them? And let me tell you something, no wisdom, no goodness. You can't be a good person without wisdom. It is not possible. Because what, how, will you know, how will you know what the good is? How do you know? You will intuit it. Your conscience will guide you. Every murderer lives well with his conscience. Conscience is, uh, generally speaking, a pretty crappy guide. Unless the conscience is infused with wisdom. So uh, it, this really gave me a good excuse to tell you why PragerU in general, its courses are way more valuable than most of the courses you will take at any university. You, you we're knocked by people who, who loathe the fact that we're not on the left and we're knocked. Well, it's not accredited. By the way, we announce on the front page of PragerU.com, it is not an accredited. We do not grant degrees. Since when is granting degrees and giving wisdom synonymous? What does one have to do with the other? You think if you get a degree in, in uh, gender studies, you have learned, you've gotten wisdom? Or for that matter, do you think if you get a degree in astronomy, you've gotten wisdom? No, you've gotten knowledge, but you haven't necessarily gotten wisdom. And by the way, I don't even blame astronomy departments for that. They're not set up to give wisdom. They're set up to give facts. But some, but some departments, that's why it was called the liberal arts education or education in the humanities. And you were required decades ago to take courses. Even if you were an astronomy major, you had to take a course in English literature. You had to take a course in Western civilization. You probably had to take a music and an art course. Not anymore. You're not even required to study Shakespeare in the Department of English. A word on behalf of wisdom. And now, let us proceed. Hello to you. Hey there, my name is Lindsay Law. I'm from Newberry, Florida, and I'm 17 years old. I recently graduated with my AA in graphic design and plan to continue and get my bachelor's degree. As a strong Christian and conservative, I would often bring up the topic of abortion in my classes and discussions and essays, but was often shut down just because my view was differing than the rest of the class and my professors. So what is the best way to approach pro-choicers without being immediately shut down before sharing my side and my opinions on the subject? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked it. And I blew it. I really blew it. I'm trying again. Okay. All it does is go to that. I, I don't know what to do. Okay. I have an answer for you. I, I can't say it's the answer, but I have an answer. 
And the answer would be found in my PragerU video on abortion. I open up the video and I say, I am not going to discuss the legality of abortion. And I don't. I don't talk pro-choice or pro-life in terms of law at all. The entire five minutes is just about the morality of abortion. So I would recommend that you say, you know what? I respect people who are pro-choice. I respect people who want to use the law to inhibit abortion. I'm not discussing choice or no choice. I just want to discuss the morality of abortion. And then they know, okay, so you're not fighting them legally, which is what particularly disturbs them, although the, the moral question also annoys them. But, but it is one way to do it. And I, I have found that extremely effective because I know how effective that video is. I think it's the most widely viewed video on abortion ever made. I, I think, I don't know it for sure, but I think so. And it is interesting. I never once talk about Roe v. Wade. I never talk about legality or illegality. Just let's talk about the, mor- the moral issue. Is that which is in the woman, is that worthy of any rights? That's it. Now, by the way, you can even say, well, you know what? The woman has rights. Not to not to continue the pregnancy. Okay, fine. Let's grant let's grant that. But do you grant that what she's carrying has any rights? Because it's very hard to say it is worthless, which is what you're saying. If it has no rights, is it a bush? Is it a tree? Is it a pimple? What is it? And and then you get into the very odd circumstance of if the woman wants it, it's infinitely precious. And if she doesn't want it, it's infinitely worthless. Can you name anything else in life about which that is true? That something has no intrinsic worth, only one person on earth determines whether it has the right to live or not? That's that's unique, literally unique. So I, I would just speak about, say, I I would do this. A, I won't talk about the legality. B, I wouldn't mention religion. Say, you know what? None of my arguments are rooted in the fact that I may or may not be a religious person. And, and, And this you should honestly be able to say. I'm only arguing on logic. You could be an atheist and my arguments will either be valid or not valid, but it has nothing to do with religion, has nothing to do with the Bible, has nothing to do with God. It has nothing to do with legality. Does that thing in a pregnant woman, does it have any rights? And uh, is, is it anything? Is it anything? Does society have any obligation to it? And, and also always be prepared To answer the argument, a woman can do what she wants with her own body with, I 100% agree with that. A woman has the perfect right to do what she wants with her own body. It is completely inapplicable to pregnancy. It's not her body. It's in her body. 
Nobody says to a pregnant woman, how's your body? Nobody. They say, how's the baby? They never say, how's your body? Nobody thinks of it as her body. It's in her body because it's true. It's not her body. And by the way, the people who say a woman can do whatever she wants with her own body don't really believe it because they certainly didn't believe it with regard to vaccine mandates. You don't take that mandate, lady. You're fired. That now that ironically is her body. So the people who make that argument don't don't even believe it. It is they clearly don't believe it because it doesn't make sense. It's in her body and they clearly don't believe it because when it came to her body, they didn't believe in it at all. Take the damn vaccine or lose your income. One other point about this that you should make. You again, are not talking about legality. And you could even say, you know what? I wouldn't pass any law, but just one. The law I would want to pass is informed consent. Show a woman who is about or a girl who is about to have an abortion photos or videos of what is in her. So let, let her see what that is. You just have to show her what she's carrying. That's informed consent. This this is what you would be extinguishing. Please know it. Please, please look at these photos. What out? It's, it's sort of like out. You've heard the phrase out of sight, out of mind. Well, out of sight, out of conscience is is also accurate. But I do think you need to make the point. I would make this point about I was going to abort Brandon at 13 weeks. I ended up not doing it. But years later, when the book of photos of in utero live babies came out, the one by Leonard Nielsen called A Child is Born, I saw for the first time what a 12-week-old fetus looked like. I didn't have any idea when I was going to abort him. I had a right to know what I was about to abort. Nobody told me that. You need to make the point, She not just that she need that she has to be shown this or you want a law that she should be shown this she has the right to know what's going on in her womb she can't give her informed consent without it right okay that's that's the point she has that right they're depriving her of that right they don't want her to know and if she finds out later what she did what impact is that going to have on her i would have been devastated had i seen my 13-week-old baby in that mm -hmm. photograph and known that I had his limbs ripped apart. My, my wife has often noted that with her first child, she actually went for an abortion when he was uh, 13 weeks old or 13 week, 13th week of the of pregnancy. And at the last moment, she decided not to. Was it after you saw pictures? What decided? What made you decide not to? Was it pictures of the Nielsen book? No, I didn't see those till you. So why did you say no? Because the doctor, because she was doing a pelvic exam on me, and she was trying to figure out if she could do the abortion that day. So. It was while she was talking to her nurse and she said something, I don't remember exactly what, but whatever it was, 
it indicated to me that the baby was bigger this week than it had been the previous week when I was there. And that got me thinking about the fact that it was growing. And if it's growing, what does that mean? That means it's alive. And if it's alive, what am I there to do? Kill it. What's the it? And I burst into tears and I sat up on the table. And right then the doctor pushed, the, she said, I, oh, I can do it today. I think it's fine. I can do it today. And they pushed my shoulders back down, tried to get me to lie back down on the table. And they said, 20, in 20 minutes, this will all be over with and you can go on with your life. So years later, I saw photographs of what a, a first trimester, end of the first trimester baby looked like at 12 weeks. I was 13 weeks when I was going to abort him. That 12-week-old fetus was fully formed. That was a fully formed baby. No one told me that. That was material information. I had a right to know that. And that's all I'm asking, that women be give, giving their informed consent, which means they have to have all the material information given to them, which means they have to know what's going on in their womb at the time that they've, at the point in pregnancy they've reached where they're d deciding to have an abortion. So between informed consent, speaking about it's not her body, it's in her body, and what is it if it's not human, what is it? I think, again, not speaking about the legality, remember your question is how can they, how can you get them to even hear you? It's a very, very good and important question. Okay, let's, let's continue here. Next, Molly. 26 years old, Marquette, Michigan. Hi, Dennis. I found Fireside Chats a couple of months ago. Good. And I'm a big fan of the show. Since entering my 20s, I've leaned left on the political spectrum. But after all the gender confusion, I started to question my views. About a week ago, I told my siblings who are trans and non-binary. Wow. That I didn't believe in their theories on gender but they were allowed to have their view and I would love them anyway. They were enraged. My brother, a trans woman, blocked me immediately and my sister, non-binary, blocked me the next day. Both threw many insults my way before shutting me out and made it clear that they only wanted a relationship with me if I thought like them. Do you have any advice for people going through similar situations? I'm the youngest, and they've made fun of my Christian values for years. My sister and I used to be close, but it seems she's thrown our relationship away. It's a very, very telling question. I have said all of my life, because it was my field of study, that all leftism is totalitarian. They not only want legality on their side, everybody does, generally speaking. They want people to think right, to think correct, or to think left, to be precise. If you don't think like they do, you will be punished. You can act beautifully, you can act kindly, you can be completely tolerant, but if you do not agree with them, you are punished. 
North Korea, which punishes bad thoughts, is the perfect example of the end game of all leftism. You must think like we do. It is not enough for you to treat us properly. I believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. I'm just speaking about me now. That's what my belief is. It has always been my belief. I am extremely close to gay couples. In fact, my wife and I are the godparents to one gay couple's children, meaning that if they die, we it is we who are in charge of their moral education. That's quite remarkable for a gay couple with a guy who believes marriage should be between a man and a woman. But they're, they're not leftist. They don't care what I think, they care how I act. And they know how I treat them, and they know the values I would raise their children with. To be good people, hopefully. This notion that you must agree with us, or you, our sibling, are out of our lives, that is totalitarian. That is not merely, look, okay, we differ, you love us, we love you. There is no such thing on the left. You don't agree with us, you are out of our life, you are punished. That's very scary stuff. Thought crime is a leftist crime. Anyway, I'm a very big believer in the difference between thought and action. And there are some religious people who have the same beliefs that if you have bad thoughts, that's a crime, maybe against God, but, but nevertheless, I don't share that. I don't share that with the religious right or the secular left. Thoughts are thoughts and deeds are deeds. Well, all right, we've had a very rich day, and Mr. Tubbs has remained on camera, or at least in the room, for which we are very grateful. He's totally adorable, the guy, and we're very happy that he's in our life. I'm happy you're in my life, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for watching this video. To keep PragerU videos free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation.